tell you, Jimmy, we are having a blast down here at IFMA. I know you're having a great time over at the Global Restaurant Leadership Conference. Let's do it. I mean, I got to tell you, rock star guests. I don't know how we're doing them. I don't know what we're paying these guests, but it's... <laughs> Hey, Phil, we didn't, we didn't introduce you as yet, so just settle down over there. Anyway, speaking, speaking of expensive guests, by the way, I got to tell you, we've got a rock star with us right now. We've got, this is royalty. I mean, we're at IFMA here in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. This is the President's Conference. This is a big deal, Jimmy. It's a big deal. We got Phil Kafarakis, the President and CEO of the International Food Manufacturers Association, Phil before we dig in and get to know you, let's just talk a little about how Phil became Phil. How did Phil become Phil? Northern Arizona University, it's 1980-something, you know, and then I don't even know how you got to Georgetown, but you're at Georgetown, you get an MBA over at Georgetown, you give a TED Talk, you give a TED Talk in July 2021, and somehow you're working with Oscar Mayer, you're working with Mondelez, Kraft, Cargo, McCormick, and then somehow they drag in and you're the president CEO of IFMA. Did I get it right? Did I get it right? Yes, Is there a few things in between there? There are not. Maybe a few. So let's, so let's start. We're at 1980 or Northern Arizona. You're on the football team, but you're not loving football. So take us, take us from there, 1981. So I've been very privileged to have a career in food service. Uh, I am one of those immigrants you hear about that are living the, American, the great American dream. My parents came to this country. In the 60s, proud Greek Orthodox, Greek boy. I can still speak the language. I do everything. You know? I love it. And uh, long story short, grew up on the East Coast, big East Humor, Mid-Atlantic, and uh, found my way to NAU just through sports and athletics and uh, track and, and football in particular. But to make a long story short, I came back, married my high school sweetheart, and got a job within three months. And I was peddling Oscar Mayer hot dogs up and down the street in Baltimore, Maryland, cutting Oscar Mayer bacon. And that's how I got into this thing. And uh, I love it. You know, the next thing you know, I had a phenomenal career out in food service on the manufacturing side. Worked for Oscar Meyer, got gobbled up in the craft, figured all that out. Moved all over the place with four little kids. The whole part of my life was being a meathead. First half of my career selling meat. I uh, had the privilege to go work for a family-run business, Jones Dairy Farm in Wisconsin. I uh, had the privilege of then going to work for Cardinal. And then, Lord and behold, I got the call to go back home into the Baltimore area and work for one of the greatest companies I've ever worked for, McCormick. All the great spices. The spices, man. Yeah, it was phenomenal. It's been nothing but terrific. While I was there, I was on the board at the restaurant, the National Restaurant Education Foundation, and got to meet this woman called Don Sweeney. And you know, inspirational leaders. You're talking about George, and you talk about Ted Balasiri, who's here, and some of these other folks. And Don Sweeney brought me into the association world when I was leaving, and I was heading to New York to be with some venture people. And she was like, no, 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 you need to come and be part of this industry, work on the association side, learn some things with her for four years, ran a specialty food association, moved to New York, best time of my life, fancy food shows, transformed that organization. And then the next thing you know, I get this call from a recruiter and I hadn't heard about this job. I've been on this board. I served this community. I grew up here at IFMA and I was flabbergasted because I knew they needed a change and they needed a completely different, uh, you know, tone and diversity and some other things that needed to happen. 
to a seventy-year-old organization. That was transformed. So I went through the interview process. It was extensive. It was almost nerve-wracking because I knew some of these people, and there were some new people on the board that didn't know me. And it's very personal to me. So when we got into the interviews and got into the final, you know, who they're going to pick, I basically said, "Listen, I want to leave a legacy here. This is personal to me." We're going to transform this organization the way you all are talking about, but there's things we got to do to take care of ourselves internally first before we can go tell the world, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be. So now we're at 1985. Now what happened? <laughs> that was just in five. Jimmy, that was from 1980 to 1985. Yeah. Yeah. 1985. Now what happened? I got to learn Greek. I got to speak English. And you know, it was really a tough language, but I think I mastered it. But there's one thing I'm very proud of. I got to tell you this. It happened at McCormick because you talked about Georgetown. But I couldn't walk through the gates of Georgetown when I was growing up. You know, it was in my backyard. And who ever thought that one of my development goals at McCormick, which I requested, was to go into an executive program. And they had great leadership there. I said, well, what do you want to do that for? I said, I've always wanted to get an MBA. I'm at that point in my life, 49 years old. I really think I can take that, bring it back here, and really do some great things. And they were like, okay, you pay half of it, we'll pay half of it. And by the way, good luck getting in. I took the GMAX study form and I became Uncle Phil. <laughs> Uncle Phil. Class, uh, 2009 class of- uh, Reminds me, was that Rod, Rodney and back to school? Oh my God. I, I, I still to this day have 52 young, incredible professionals who looked at me when I walked in there and they were like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know, like, we want to be like you. And I'm like, no, you don't. It was great. It flipped my brains upside down. And I can't tell you how privileged I was and indebted to McCormick. And then the association of the world hit. And it's just been a part of my life. I've got tremendous mentors here, made tremendous friendships across the country and around the world. I've been privileged to run businesses around the world from McCormick as we were, you know, latched on with y'all and they were building. KFC in China, but it's been great. It's an incredible industry, and I'm so proud of what's going on here, at President Conference. I, I I can't believe it. You know, it's one of those like me there doing this. It's amazing, amazing. That's awesome. Listen, I, and Phil, congratulations not just on the journey, but specifically what you're doing now with IFMA. And you've got our attention. We are excited yeah. not just to be supportive of you and your role, but we think the manufacturing side is such a critical, not just part, but a critical partner of, of this industry. It's been about two years since you've taken the helm as the president and CEO of IFMA. Can you share with us maybe a few of the goals or directions that you've taken or that you'd like to see IFMA take as you chart the path ahead for the next few years? Yeah, it was exciting because it is two years this week. It was the week before President's Conference two years ago, and we've done a lot. And the board has been incredible uh, with respect to looking internally and saying, we've got to change, we've got to transform. This industry is transforming, and we're not keeping up with it. Okay? COVID has accelerated everything. And the first thing we did was like, look, let's go listen to what everybody's talking about, what's happening. I started with my board, went on that journey, went to some major manufacturing partners, been founders of this organization that's now 72 years old. I, I thought it was 300. I, I misquoted. 70, 72, Jimmy. Listen, you're right Chats, about whenever that. You whenever you start quoting numbers, I just tune out. You're I, okay, it was, right I said that. it was 1836, but I was yeah. wrong by a couple Listen, years. you're right about that because some of my dinosaurs were here, okay? And they're all, <laughs> they're all gone. Good people. They did the right thing for that period of time. But to answer your question, 
we've been engaged in an 18 month listening tour and doing a lot of work. We're going to roll it all out tomorrow formally. I can tell you that we've become a purposeful organization with a new purpose. Our purpose is to empower, nurture, and connect the food away from home ecosystem to thrive and responsibly meet consumer needs. Those words mean a lot. We're going to explain what that means. The most incredible part of this journey will be opening up our membership. Of course, we're manufacturer driven, predominantly food and beverage. We're going to open it up not only to manufacturers who we're going to go get more of in equipment, in disposables, in spirits and alcohol, but we're going to open it up to the operator community. We have more than 300 operators we've been working with in our food service leadership councils, and it's time to make them members. And what we're going to do there, which is going to be amazing, is that committed service, which is what they've been doing for us. We don't just take their picture and put them on a billboard. They work with us on a quarterly basis. They're on calls. They're giving us content. They're producing bodies of work that means something to the manufacturing community. Those folks are going to be welcomed into membership. And committed service is the currency. Don't want their money. We want their time. We want their talent. And they've been terrific. Jimmy, you heard what Phil just said. They, he does not want their money. Not the operators. You heard that. Not that. Committed service. People are going it's to on the podcast. That. It's quote. Yep. And I'll tell you the other part of this thing. They're a very big part of what we keep talking about. The ecosystem. What's the ecosystem? What's wrong with you, you little hippie? No. Listen. The ecosystem is real. It's a living, breathing component of what we all do together. So it's not just about the operators and the manufacturers. It's about our supply chain supply chain companies, from the broadliners who are already a part of it, to the smallest specialty, to the regionals. We're going to invite them to come in. It's going to be very simple. It's a flat rate. We're going to get tremendous value. And the other big category that has really been non-existent and we really need for our future is what's called service providers. And those are the guys that have the subject matter expertise, the companies like yours, when you talk about ventures and media. There are people like waste management. There are people like, you know, a Google and Cisco and some of these other organizations, the IT community that's incredibly, incredibly progressive. We're going to showcase Olo tomorrow on the main stage. When people find out what they do, it's incredible. Why can't they be members? They can. And if we put all those four membership groups in there, now we've brought everybody to one place where we can all talk about a cross-industry initiative that we can do that helps us solve some problems. And that's the, the mix of it. I don't, I, maybe that's too much. I don't know. No, it's never too much. That the fact you... is we got to be together. We got to be together. We can't solve each other's problems alone. We can't think that we got all the answers because we're manufacturers. It's still manufacturer driven, but I'm so proud and privileged to have the support of an incredible diverse board. We got some incredibly young minds that are going to be coming onto the board this year. We're going to announce them tonight. We're giving out some awards that we've always given out, but we give them to ourselves internally and never told Phil, will I be getting an award this evening? No, sorry. Sorry, Shatsy. Maybe next year. Maybe okay. next year, Shatsy. Next year. Thank maybe you. Next Thank year. you for clarifying that because I, I brought a blazer with me yeah, yeah. and I wasn't sure if I was going to get an award or not. But now that you've cleared that up, so I'm not getting an award. That's enough. Jimmy, I'm not getting an award this evening. Listen, yeah, Phil, by the way, everybody knew that, Shatsy. Yeah, we, we all get that. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I brought a blazer just in case. You never know. Never have you you never know. Listen, I got to tell you, it really is a who's who here. I mean, it really is. I mean, some of the Exciting. biggest companies in the world are here in food manufacturing. The names that everyone recognizes from their kitchens and from their, you know, the supermarkets, et cetera. 
I mean, so with everything going on here, what's one major takeaway so far that you can share with our listeners? Sure. So this morning, we had an incredible session of thought leadership with uh, Dr. Pippa Malgram. We've had the folks from Boston Consulting here. We've had a guy from MasterCard talking to us about all the transformational changes taking place. Boston Consulting is going to be here to give us that kind of thought leadership. I mean, Love you it. can come help them with it. The no, no, no. Listen, That's those guys know we're thinking too. But the... The bottom line was I just came off hosting a panel that brought this ecosystem to life. Okay? Cisco dot Shack Shake, but Shake Shack, Shack Shake. I like the Shack Shake all. So that was the original word. The original name was Shack Shake. And it was like Danny came up with the Shake Shack. And Karen, everybody from the representation that we talked about in the new membership are talking about transformation of their business, talking about data sharing and what the hell's going to happen with all the technology, if the data isn't clean, if the data isn't shared, synthesized, and we can all make sense of it. And then of course, we talk about ESG. So it was an example of how this comes together. We've been holding the room. We've got great breakout sessions right now. The most incredible and the most just, you can't, I can't tell you. It was packed, man, it was packed. Here's what happened in this IT session and AI, right? Everybody wants to know. We got a breakout room. It was so jammed that they were taking down the air wall to extend it. I couldn't have been happier in my whole life because yeah. we underestimated how many people were going to stick around instead of going out. To you say AI and they come. We're opening a new restaurant in New York. We're just calling it AI. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little bit more, you know, we gave them a little bit more meat on the bone going to my meathead days. Yeah. But I think uh, that's it. It's this notion of everybody being together, making sure they have information about some of the things that are going on, and then how do we solve each other's problems together. I love it. Yeah. I was going to say, we should name our next restaurant, Shatsy, barbecue near me. That, that's what we should do. Barbecue near me. I'm on Google's. Yeah, you know, I read restaurant that. Near I saw that the thing. That's the guy who opened up Thai near me because he said he knows he kills the, the Google searches. So, yeah, Thai near me. <laughs> Thai near me. I listen. Those algorithms, <laughs> one of our speakers today said, the algorithms are like sheepdogs. They drive you to one place. So, start hitting some other things that you never heard of. And get your brain around some of the other things that are going on. There you go. Listen, I, I love I it. So I want to ask you, for our listeners at home, if you could share one major takeaway from the show, from IFMA. I know I'm not there. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Shaft right. through the, uh, the, 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 nice, the long straw. Global people there. It's okay. They're all part of the community. We love them. We're all part of the community. But could you share one major takeaway from the show? What would it be? What do you got for us? If there's one constant in the restaurant industry, it's change. Whether you're a growing brand trying to build cutting edge experiences for your guests or a national leader with thousands and thousands of stores looking to update your tech stack, well, Toast brings together proven technology, expertise, and innovations you need to drive change and spark growth. That's right, drive change and spark growth. From front of house to back of the house and everything in between, Corporate teams, franchisees, enterprise brands, mom pops, SMBs, you name it, everyone is loving Toast. With over 100,000 operators using Toast, you know, you know it's the best POS out there. And many more trust Toast to help them stay ahead of the curve and thrive in this changing restaurant world that we love. To learn more about Toast, go to ToastTab.com. That's Toast. And I got to tell you, you're going to love it. Mention Shatsy 
and I think they're going to give you some crazy discount. The most important thing is to come together. Come together meaning, you know, we always talk about, oh, it's about the relationships, super, you got to have a Okay, we're past relationships. It's about bringing your intellectual property, your information, your data, sit with us and your trading partners. That could be a supplier, could be, it could be a, a distributor, it could be any one of the people in the ecosystem, and let's work on what will make us all better. This is the place to be. We will be the authority, as we'll be claiming, and the champion of home, food away from home research, education, analysis, and data. That's our role. We're not a lobby shop. But the one thing that is going to be really important, and it'll come out tomorrow, is IFMA is where you can get yourself educated and be informed so that when we connect you to your potential customer, you're ready to do business. It's all about thriving, at the same time being responsible so that we can meet consumers' needs and grow our business. And we're $1.3 trillion and we're taking charge of home away from food, uh, food away from home. Home away from food, food away from home, all of that. Ooh. Shack Shake. No, no, that's trademarked already. We've already, we've contacted our attorney, our trademark attorney. Shack Shake is already trademarked to you, Phil. I think that's worth a lot of money. I think that's worth a lot of money. I think that's worth a lot just for Danny Meyer to pay you to say, all right, give it back. Stop confusing my guests. I think it's worth something. Listen, Phil, we started the podcast. Clearly, Shats and I like bringing on friends and guests and, and chatting away. But we learned along, you know, through episode, you know, one, well, uh, through episode 156, we wow. learned that sometimes our guests have a question or two for us. So let's kick off talking back. We're going to give you the chance to ask us a question or two. Nothing is off the table. The microphone, Phil, is yours. Thank you very much. First of all, I had met Chatsy a year ago in passing, and I just didn't get what the whole brand of hospitality thing was because there was so much going on. I thought you guys were just a restaurant company. So let me understand and, and tell me, educate me on how it went from a restaurant, one restaurant, and then there's others. But then I was doing a little linking in and I was like, oh, wait a minute. It's brand of hospitality ventures. Oh, wait a minute. It's brand of hospitality media. Educate me. How did all that happen? I'm going I'm to give this one to Jimbo because he loves this story. I appreciate you inviting us to try to. Uh... I just want to tell you, Jimmy's doing this podcast from his room. He has a mirror above his bed. What hotel is Jimmy staying in? He's in Miami. How do, yeah, right, he's in Miami. What hotel? What is that? Like that? The I got to tell you, what's Jimmy? amazing? What is amazing? The Mount Airy is how much? I got to tell you, I think the less you pay, the more mirrors you get. <laughs> is that what it is? What is I think it? there's a I high correlation. You got a mirror above your bed at Mount Airy uh, Lodge. She, I, 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 I FaceTimed last night. They saw the mirror. They're like, "Where are you staying?" And I'm like, "You know, the mirrors make the whole room the whole room look bigger." Oh, the mirror about the bed, that might be for something else. Now you can answer Phil's question. <laughs> okay. Phil's okay. But I want to, Phil, I love your question because we get asked about it a lot. And part of it is we do think, you know, this coming together and this relationship, we believe in this flywheel. So, yes, we've been owner and operators of restaurants for the last 30 years, full service, high end, most of it, although we're now franchising a cookie concept. We've got some burger joints. We actually just signed two new two new leases. So we continue to love the restaurant business. But under Shatsy's leadership, we were always testing and trying technology and always only through the view of an operator. And Shatsy's view was how could you know where and how a technology could help you unless you're willing to test it and try it? And he did that so often. And the and the fact is it, it it's 
it, it was never, let's say, valued from the technology companies, or at least in a way that would suggest that a subject matter expert would be valued for his or her guidance and leadership when it comes to, or maybe practitioner, as it comes to product market fit. So about five years ago, we decided that rather than just offering to be of help to young technology companies, we put together some money and we started to invest in them. And we felt that was the best way to capture our you know, decades of experience. But specifically, how can we help shape technology that is truly value added to operators? We've invested in 45 companies thus far, 37 B2B SaaS. And the whole idea is the companies that we work with and invest in should be allies to operators, help the operator do better with their guests. Do not pierce that relationship and try to take the guest or the data for yourself, but rather really lean into technology that could, in fact, help improve margins for the operator. Because at the end of the day, we want this industry not just to survive, but to thrive. The podcast, our weekend newsletter, our events, all of that is to create a flywheel where our industry itself is starting to realize that we are the second largest private employer in the United States. We're a big, important industry. And with the help of the IFMA, and I'll give credit to Windsight, where I'm in here in Miami, with these conferences, there is a huge network that can come together and make this a better industry, not just for you know some of the usual suspects, but really a great industry for everyone who touches it. I do think it's an incredible, you know, de democracy. I, I was telling chats earlier, you know, the lead panel this morning, the five panelists all started out decades ago as hourly floor workers in their respective restaurant. Yeah. And here they now are Jimmy CEOs was a of restaurants. I was a bartender. So we think it's a great industry. We think what you're doing at IFMA, what we're trying to do with Branded from different perspectives, but it's always about bringing people together Phil was selling hot dogs. And they were about, again, creating value. So our investment thesis is very important to us, but it's always about tech that can be helpful sure. and value added to an operator so that they do better with their guests. And that's what we've created, this big flywheel that seems to be thus far. I would just add, really Jimbo, it's, it's more than just tech. It's innovation. It's automation. Yes. It's the emerging yep. brands. And to your point, and bringing all that together, and really, if the manufacturers don't know what the operators are, are thinking, if the distributors don't know what the restaurants are looking for, and, and you don't understand what the guests are wanting, it's all connected. And, and I think that's what's really important. I think that's what's really important about ISMO right now. It's really just opening up. Jimmy has a phrase, something about a tent, right? Jimmy, what's your thing about a tent? There's something that you say about a tent. Big a tent. tent? Point, yeah, there's something you say about a tent, the, the tent, the, clouds, the teepee. You bring more people under the tent to that circus thing. We're people. All right, I, I don't remember. I don't remember talking about a tent, but I said we got we got room for everyone in our tent. We can make yeah, a bigger. He said something about a That's tent. The key. I don't know what it was. Come we on, room. we got room. We'll for make everybody. room. <laughs> right, listen, and we just listen. started this little uh, Hubble Tech Showcase. Yes. to try to bring some of that here, and I, you and Shaxx are, you know, you're invited. So let's bring all that. Uh, energy. Oh, we got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do for 2024. 100%. Yeah, I think yep. we could do so much together. We are going to have a great time. I saw and I spoke to Jimmy last night when I was at the, uh, the Western. Humble, but it's a great beginning. And when I was clean, I was back at my room cleaning my sneakers from the Western showdown. 
I didn't know that it was going to be uh, literally uh, a dust bowl over there. That was really the wild, wild west. Top of the You know, I brought, I, I wore my delicious new Nike, you know, my Nike sneakers. Dunks. Just got a pair, my dunks. And Phil brings us to this wild west place. And it was it like a dust bowl. I mean, I had to go clean my sneakers. I was very upset about that, oh, Phil. And, and, so, and let me tell you, my low dunks $120. There was someone I was talking. It was George. It was George from Ted's. Phil. He had his Gucci Phil, loafers Phil, on. He was really Phil, can you see my hand? Do you see the, Do you see what this <laughs> yeah. is? Ask him what he ate last night. Because let me oh, know. This is a lot of good of, food. The smallest violin is playing Shatsy yes, Sad song right now. It was extravaganza, yeah. I will got say that. He a little that. dust on his tennis shoes. A, a lot little dust on his fancy It wasn't sneakers. a little. Hey, it was a lot of dust. But anyway, listen, I'm from New York. I complain. That's what I do, okay? Listen, let's jump into the spices right. All right, Phil, you know a lot about food. You've worked in every food manufacturer under the sun for them all. Jimmy eats a lot of food, so he knows something about food. That's true. All right, we're going to talk about Jack in the Box, one of my favorites. I love Jack in the Box, all right? So Price is Right tradition, you can, uh, we, we're gonna give you uh, an item and you're gonna guess the price without going over, okay? Price is Right rules are in effect. Phil, I'm talking about the Jack in the Box burger combo meal. That includes the jumbo Jack cheeseburger, medium fries, and a medium Pepsi. What is your best guess in dollars and cents for what the Jack in the Box, the Jack in the Box, Burger combo meal goes for in Payson, Arizona. Payson, Arizona, so it is local. What is the price in dollars and cents for that incredible meal? I will tell you again. It's a jumbo jack cheeseburger, medium fries, and a medium Pepsi. What is the cost of that? Because I went to school in Flagstaff, Arizona, up the street from Payson. Okay. And was it jack-in-the-box around 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning when they were able to serve those hours because they had plenty of labor? I would have paid probably in today's dollars six ninety nine. Jimbo, six ninety nine. He I gotta say these guys, you see what when you bring food people and they know the prices, man. What do you think, Jimbo? Man, I was I was going so much higher than that, but now he's pulling me down. I'm gonna say I mean I'll give I want to give Phil a chance. So you said he said he said six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Ninety nine. I'm going I'm going eight and a quarter. Eight and a quarter. Jimbo, unfortunately, you have overbid and you lose. Phil at 788 is our big show oh. showdown winner. Oh. Phil knows what the he knows a little something about Jack in the box. He knows, man. He knows what's going on there. Listen, let, Phil, you win the, both showcase because you were so close. You win both showcase showdowns. It's an all-expense-paid trip to New York City to have dinner with Jimmy. At one of our restaurants, okay? Yeah, well, you bring everyone, the whole family. And if it's a Greek family, it's a lot of people. So you bring everybody. Everybody. Everybody's coming to New York. All right, listen, let's jump into the branded quickfire, right? Phil, we're going with the branded quickfire. IFMA, the Arizona President's Conference Edition. Five lightning round questions. Don't think too long. Are you ready? Arizona Cardinals or Phoenix Suns? Phoenix Suns. Favorite Arizona-born celebrity? Is it Stevie Nicks? Is it Mr. Alice Cooper? Emma Stone or Linda Wonder Woman Carter? Stevie Nicks, man. Even though Alice Cooper was here two years ago at our conference. But I got to go with Stevie Nicks. Stevie oh. Nicks, number two on Stevie Nicks. True or false? Star Wars 6, The Return of the Jedi, was filmed in Arizona. True or false? True, like me. I got to tell you something. This film knows a little something about more than just food. He knows... He knows Entertainment, it was production, it was movie. Yes, even, 
Even a Star Wars film was filmed in Arizona desert landscape. Several landmarks appeared in the chapter of Star Wars series, including Castle Dull Peak, Blue Canyon, and Vernon Cliffs National Monument. There's nothing here about, what did you say, Phil? No, uh, yeah, something, something was down the street. Yeah, you said Grand but, Canyon or something. There was nothing here about that. You wouldn't know that. Yeah, okay. But you did get that. And the, no, the Jack in the Box was not in Star Wars episode six. <laughs> All right. Do you come to Arizona for golf or the canyons? Definitely golf. Yeah, they got a lot of it. By the way, Jimmy, you would not do well here. Everyone's golfing here. Everyone's golfing here. All right, here we go. If you were to challenge, if you were stranded in the desert, right? We're stranded in the desert, okay? Who would you rather be stranded with? Is it Jimmy to survive? To survive? Is it Jimmy? Would you rather be stranded with Jimmy in the desert or Shatsy if you need to survive? Wow. Why do you do this? Why do you do this? Well, I, believe me, we take no offense at all. I'm going to be with you because you're here. Not that I could. Hey, this guy. You see that, Jimbo? Phil knows how scrappy I am. He knows I'm, I'm resourceful. I'll you're be, wiry. Shatsy, you're wiry. Yeah, I'll be fishing in the desert. I'll be like, Phil, I'm telling you, I'm going to, I think I'm going to get a fish. I think I got something, Phil. Oh, by the way, Shatsy, Shatsy, I'm sure that Phil is wrong in his choice, but, but I respect that he chose you because you're sitting next to him. I have no problem with that. But oh, so I that's respect. the only reason, Phil. So if you were sitting here, you would have chose you. Way too far. Yeah, I, oh. I respect, I, I mean, Shatsy, if anyone knows resourcefulness, it's you. You know that you're not resourceful. You got to find people that are resourceful. Uh, dude, I, I mean, I'm fishing in the deserts. So how resourceful is that? I mean, yeah, exactly. I can do stuff you can't do. You can do stuff I can't do. We'll survive. Well, I know, I know Phil would probably have some Oscar Mayer hot dogs in his pocket. But where to go? You know, he knows. He knows the guy to call. Yeah, he knows a guy to call. Anyway, Jimbo, this was great. I mean, having Phil here, this is awesome. He's doing a knockout job. This IFMA is just. It's just uh, really, it's, it's 70, 72 or 73 years young, and it's got a long way to go, right? Final thoughts, Jimbo, before we let Phil go back. And he's got to go uh, kiss people and hug people and shake hands and do things. Yeah, actually, what I'm going to simply say is the following. I think to the branded community, to our ecosystem, I think you're going to be hearing a lot more about Phil and about IFMA. Because I do think that while every part of our industry, like any other industry, has its segments and verticals and has its different groups. The fact is the need for this industry to come together and to bring the manufacturers closer together with the end users, ultimately the, the, the venues and the, and the guest facing entities, I think has never been more important. So we are leaning more into IFMA. We're excited about what they're doing. And I think you're gonna hear a lot more about manufacturers and how valuable they are to our industry. You don't know a lot of the names. Are, the guests typically don't know, but you're going to hear a lot more about them. And we're certainly meeting in and we look forward yep. to you learning with us as we realize or try to highlight just how important IFMA and the manufacturers are to the success of our industry. And Phil, thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast. If there's one constant in the restaurant industry, it's change. Whether you're a growing brand trying to build cutting-edge experiences for your guests or a national leader with thousands and thousands of stores looking to update your tech stack, well, Toast brings together proven technology, expertise, and innovations you need to drive change and spark growth. That's right. Drive change and spark growth. From front of house to back of the house and everything in between, corporate teams franchisees, enterprise brands, mom pops, SMBs, you name it, everyone is loving Toast. With over 100,000 operators using Toast, you know, you know it's the best POS out there. 
and many more trust hosts to help them stay ahead of the curve and thrive in this changing restaurant world that we love. To learn more about Toast, go to ToastTab.com. That's ToastTab.com. And I got to tell you, you're going to love it. Mention Shatsy, and I think they're going to give you some crazy discount. 